0: Hey everyone, my name is Ryan. Go grab a friend, sit back, and relax, because it's time to play The Talkie File. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan, and welcome to the very first episode of The Talkie File. This podcast is something different than I'm trying in the library of things that I've done, and I'm very, very excited to give it a go and see where the podcast Turns out, I don't know if we're going to continue with it, or if it's just going to die out like some of my other projects. Um, I just lose faith in some of them, and it's kind of discouraging. But this one, I really feel like we're going to go somewhere with it, and I'm super excited to start off the first episode. So, this first episode is going to be talking about my story in programming, and in particular, game programming. And talking about the future of programming itself. And to maybe talk some of the listeners into trying out programming, so I'm gonna start this out with when I started uh, programming. Roughly when I started programming, uh, it definitely was when I was a child. Um, my father was definitely a person who loved hardware, and usually people that have a favoring for computers usually have someone in their family who has a similar favoring for it too. Um, I definitely felt that was true after a few of my friends started saying that, and it just picked up like, you know, if one of their family members liked it too, this statement must be true, so I started at a really young age because I had a father who loved working with hardware in the machine, so that's kind of where I picked up on it, but I started going towards becoming a software person, and that was really noticeable when I started working on a computer when I was in a young age. So, at a young age, I would play a lot of games and I would play various games from Flash web games to games on CD ROMs. And some of the most notable CD ROM games I played were from a company called Humongous Entertainment. And Humongous Entertainment had a lot of fantastic games, but what really got me into the franchise was definitely um, their set of Blue's Clues uh, adventure games where the one game was about a birthday party and that was the first box set that I ever got from the Humongous Entertainment franchise and that's what really got me into it. I used to own the yellow and red disc. I still have my original yellow disc but have lost the red disc and since bought um, two jeweled cases for the red and yellow so, those are in my library of actual CD-ROMs I still have. So, that's pretty cool. I used to play those games quite a lot. Um, the Red and Yellow Disc, they had four adventures on them. And they're... Well, actually, I can't remember. Um, I was going to say, their plot... Well, some of it has some random gameplay, but I don't think there's stories. Like, Pajama Sam... Spy Fox had RNG. Hmm. Anyways, that was the game that I definitely started out with was the Birthday Adventure. And I think the next one after that was probably Treasure Hunt that I got. But after I got those discs, the next uh, set of characters that I was introduced with the franchise was Freddy Fish, which is really interesting because Putt-Putt is my favorite character from the franchise. And... The next original character that I got introduced with was Freddy Fish. So I can talk about Puppet a little bit more down the line. But Freddy Fish was most likely the next character that I got introduced to in the uh, franchise. I believe it was Freddy Fish 4 because I have the original box set for Freddy Fish 4. And that was the one that I seem to have more um, knowledge with of owning for a longer time. So I had the activity book. I had everything that came in the box set. I still have the original box a lot of the content is missing from inside. I still have the original CD. Um, and something strange is I have two Freddy IV, uh discs. Uh, one that's still in its package, like the jewel case, and then one with just a CD, which I don't know where the original case is. So that's something interesting. I don't know which one came in the box set. I don't know if any of the Humongous team would know if they're listening to this podcast, but I totally doubt they are. Um, So, Freddy Fish 4 was definitely my next um, introduction into the franchise. And then came Spy Fox 1. I remember playing Spy Fox Dry Serial quite a lot, but I don't seem to have the disc for it. It was probably lost over the times, but um, I could just be confusing with playing the um, demo a lot and being really interested in the storyline. But Spy Fox 1 Dry Serial was definitely the next character into the franchise, and then we finally get into Putt Putt. So, funny story about Putt Putt. He was, I believe, the last character in the Humongous franchise that I was actually introduced to, but he is my favorite character in the Humongous franchise. I remember playing Putt Putt Travels Through Time a lot, but as the demo, another Putt Putt game... Uh, demo that I've played a lot was Papa Enters a Race, and it was very strange because I think these two games were the most seen on Humongous Entertainment catalogs, and uh, respectfully, I understand why they're both fantastic games. But I believe every game in the Papa uh, franchise were fantastic games. Um, I think Papa Travels Through Time was the it was either actually Papa travels through time or Papa Enzo's Race was the very first full game I've ever tried of the Papa series. Uh to my knowledge the first box set I have ever had of Putt-Putt was the Putt-Putt Pep's Birthday Surprise and Papa Goes to the Moon uh doll set from a Ado- uh, from Atari. That being said, I do own certain jewel cases of Putt-Putt uh, consisting of putt Travels Through Time. So that kind of plays into the fact that maybe putt Travels Through Time was the very first game that I have ever played in the putt series. But my actually favorite uh, putt game would have to be Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo uh, just because it was uh, w- it was originally my favorite because of how colorful and how uh, immersive the adventure was. But it became more of my favorite as I got older because... Uh, Puppet Saves the Zoo was the first game in the newer version of, uh, Scum for Humongous Entertainment. And it took one of their very first characters and made it into something new and something cool. I'm not saying that the original, like, Puppet joins, uh, joins the parade and Puppet goes to the moon wasn't cool. It's just, it's an interesting story to see how that character evolved alongside the Scum engine. So, when I got older, I was able to appreciate the engine itself and how far Puppet has come. So, that, that basically wraps up my whole Humongous Entertainment uh, story uh, behind programming. But, Humongous Entertainment, other than the Blue's Clues series, didn't come into my life until a little bit later. I think the true beginning of programming nature would be my work in Adobe Flash. Um, things like Nickelodeon.com and Disney.com and other websites. I, I really don't know what else had Flash, uh, because the recent things in the years that had Flash was things like Club Penguin, and I don't think anything else runs Flash now these days because it's dying in 2020, which is a shame, um, because Flash was great, but it was built for a time where hardware, software was slow and it needed something like that now to stay relevant flash can't be relevant if you know what i mean um but uh, flash itself was definitely the start maybe they were partner and partner but i i do recall working in flash um more early i just want to start out with humongous entertainment because humongous entertainment is more of a more important part of my programming now these days um but things like Nickelodeon.com, there would be these Flash games like Go Fish and uh, Turbo Nick. Like um, That was a video player, and I always remember downloading the files, decompiling them, and other uh, wacky games. Sometimes they had the uh, Nick Jr. games come on Nickelodeon.com because they were trying to advertise those characters and things that were happening on there, so I always downloaded some of those and got in there, and those, a lot of them were ActionScript 1 and 2 games, um, so they were easy to mess around with and, you know, just do wacky things to a- anything flash based at the time that like a kid would probably get into. I would decompile it and throw it into a program called So Think Swift Quicker. Um, now a lot of people that I talked to, uh, regarding Adobe Flash and the SWF files, uh, they just call them SWF files, but there's a good portion of people that call them Swift. And when people don't call them Swift, they get really mad at me, which is kind of funny um, because I know there's no I in there, but Swift just sounds cool. And I'm not the only one who says it, but there's not many of us that do say the .dot .dot uh, SWF file extension as Swift. <laughs> but things like that. Uh, the Nickelodeon radio, i decompile it, see how that works out. And, uh, about a few months ago, I actually went back to some of those, uh, old Adobe Flash files to see how some of the things work. And it's interesting that now that I've had more experience in Adobe Flash, that I actually understand some of the syntax that they wrote when, before I was just like swapping out graphics, photos, video, audio, and then Occasionally changing the go to and stop the next frame previous frame and changing the strings for what URL they open or load the content from like a JSON or an XML file. Uh, Now I actually understand how they parse like the XML files parse the JSON files and how strings are split and I get to and like how movie clips are loaded uh, external movie clips external SWF files are loaded into the stage. It's just interesting to see. Uh, those certain things come into play and actually be able to understand them compared to when I first originally looked at those. So that's basically the Flash journey. And it's it's kind of a weird story to tell because I I, I can't really explain it, but it has been a major part in my programming. And if Flash was still around, I would suggest just going and grabbing someone else's work, decompiling it. And if messing around with their code and if something doesn't work go google it google is your best friend and if google doesn't help well then you're kind of screwed unless you know someone else that works in adobe flash that can help you um my coding isn't the beautifullest of things i have a few friends that code and they have definitely cleaned up a lot of my code but um i i usually just do till something works because i i'm a i'm an amateur and I try every day to learn how to make better code. So my 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 Adobe Flash product uh, projects—they're not the cleanest of things, but they definitely do work. Um, over the years, I have definitely got better. But since Flash is dying, it's uh, starting to starting to think it's time to move on from Adobe Flash. But if it was still gonna be around after 2020, I would definitely. Uh, suggested people to decompile those games and go mess with them. Then reading online tutorials and then make your own content. W-w- grab a cracked version of So Think Swift Quicker or a uh, uh, paid version of it. <laughs> I don't support pirating. Um, start in that. Um, if you feel, uh, when I, when I, when I got into Adobe Flash, which I'll start talking about very shortly here, um, I was, very, very scared of it because uh, SoThink had a lot of good um, helping things in it. They gave you uh, code to like just click here, click on the context menu, and then it would place it in. And I didn't know if Adobe Flash uh, Professional had that. And at the time, I was using CS5 and uh, CS6, and I didn't know the difference between ActionScript 3 and ActionScript 2 at the time. So I would load in these ActionScript 3 projects... And, uh, I wouldn't know, I, 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 I have short term memory and I wouldn't remember things like go to and stop, especially at a time where I'm not studying it and I'm just messing around with uh code. I would go into so think Swift quicker and copy and paste the code into Adobe flash professional. And then when I get into Adobe flash professional, uh, when I build the project, it's like, Hey, this isn't going to work. And I don't know why. And later, when I got more comfortable with Adobe Flash, um, it has became my main driver for creating Flash programs because so think Swift Quicker, uh, it's not, it's a third party program, so you would expect issues to happen with it. Um, it's literally just a quick way to make Flash files, and that's really all it's meant for. Um, if you ever wanted to build an Adobe Flash, Adobe Flash is the way to go, and, I mean, it's really expensive. That's why I never started out in it. I was a little intimidated by it in the first place. Um, But it it, it was a good experience, and I'm glad that I got to work in Adobe Flash Professional. And like I said, if it was sticking around after uh, 2020, I would suggest going to try out uh, ActionScript. ActionScript 2, start out in ActionScript 2, do a few things, and then um, when you understand the basics of Flash, go into ActionScript 3. Um, sadly for me, I didn't start ActionScript 3 until it was a little too late, and now I'm understanding a lot of it, but still, there's so much for me to learn, but it's not really worth learning it now because of Adobe Flash dying, and since dying, this kind of segues into what I'm learning now, which is JavaScript, but in the time before working in JavaScript, I was learning other things like PHP for server-based stuff. And web pages and HTML, basic HTML, um, and a little bit of JavaScript to work on some games with friends and uh, get things set up with them. And JavaScript, Java, Java, JavaScript. I just wanted to breeze over those little few things. Um, PHP is really fun, by the way. Uh, it's it's good. Uh, not really server configuration, but can be um, JavaScript. Java, Java, JavaScript. I'm working with JavaScript right now. It's the current language I'm working with. And there's a class library called uh, CreateJS that I'm working with. And actually, uh, some the creator of Club Penguin is actually working with CreateJS2 right now for a new game that he's making called Box Critters. And why do we uh, choose CreateJS? Well, we've chosen CreateJS because it reminds us a lot about Flash. <laughs> a lot. Um, and you know, that, that's a good thing for us, but when you look at Create JS, it reminds you a lot of ActionScript 3 in Adobe Flash. And if you're just starting, I mean, you could learn it fairly easily. Um, when I, when I, when I started to understand a little bit, like, see, ba- JavaScript and HTML, it's still, I'm still learning that right now, but when working in the class library of CreateJS, it feels like second nature to me because it looks a lot like Adobe Flash. And a lot of code that I've created in Adobe Flash easily ports over to CreateJS, and it makes life so much easier. But, that being said, the baseline of JavaScript and the baseline of HTML, I'm still learning. Um, And it's at a little slower pace, which sucks because if there's something that CreateJS can't do, I have to do it in uh, native JavaScript and have HTML do it. And over the time uh, from where I I started uh, learning JavaScript, I have uh, learned how to do things more properly. And the JavaScript project that I'm working on right now, you can definitely see a timeline from where I started to right now to see the um, improvements that I made in JavaScript. So that JavaScript project, let's talk about that right now actually. That JavaScript project was based off of a Flash project that I was working in in ActionScript 3 for about a year. I am trying to quote unquote recreate the Scum engine or make an engine that acts similar to Scum. And I was doing this in Adobe Flash first, and I realized, like I said earlier, when talking about Adobe Flash, Flash was dying, and I realized that I shouldn't continue on this project. So I made a big leap headed into JavaScript, and I started rewriting everything. Now, when I said that Create.js reminds me a lot of ActionScript 3, that was very important because the actors and costumes uh, class files that I created custom in Adobe Flash in ActionScript 3, I was easily able to port them over into JavaScript with the Create.js library. It doesn't make it as custom anymore because I'm using CreateJS, but it still is uh, an easy step because I don't have to uh, do as much, but it also hurts me in learning JavaScript. Um, that being said, it was an easy port, but I still had to change a lot of stuff. I had to learn what is equivalent was when working in Adobe Flash. So... This JavaScript project, I'm going to talk about it briefly in this podcast because I'm planning on doing videos about it on my YouTube channel and, uh, talk about, you know, where it's going to go, where the adventure ideas are going to go. But this JavaScript project, um, as of right now, which the, uh, let's give you an exact date right here. As of July 18th, yeah, July 18th, 2019, um... The project is in full force and it's at a really good standing point. I have characters that show up on screen with actors, costumes that can be placed, um, talking costumes, uh, lip syncable talking costumes, music, backgrounds, cutscenes, video cutscenes, and uh, in some rooms, it feels like you're playing an actual Humongous Entertainment scum game. And for the test run, I'm actually using Putt Putt Joins the Circus because I have uh I I actually didn't talk about this, which is surprising, so I'm I'm gonna be brief about it, but I actually got to use the humongous entertainment uh game tools, which was a once in a lifetime opportunity that I'm never gonna get to have again, uh, for working at uh Nimbus Games. Uh Nimbus Games was a company that was passionate and devoted to recreating, um, not just porting, but recreating the, and I, I use recreating loosely because they weren't going over the graphics. They were, um, reworking scum in the original game assets to work on mobile, um, and to be updated for PC and probably other consoles if they had time to. Um, but these were humongous entertainment team members. Uh, it was, uh, founded by Andy, I'm not gonna say his last name because I'm gonna butcher it, um, <laughs> but it was founded by Andy, and he was a senior supervisor for Humongous Entertainment during the 2000 eras, I believe, and back in 2012, 2013, he, uh, remastered, I, that's, that's a better word, remastered the, well, no, did I say remastered Array? Because it, it, it is technically remastering, updating remaster, let's just say remastering, Uh remastering the games for mobile. The very first one that came out was Puppet Saves the Zoom. You want to know the best part about that? I already said it, but, uh, you know, they weren't ports. They were the original games. Well, they were the original game files created for mobile. Um, Built under the scum engine and ran in marmalade. Now, you may be running to the App Store right now to download Puppa save Zoo. That's not the same game. The one that's on the App Store right now, it's just, it's the original 1995 version running in ScumVM. There's nothing special about it. There really isn't. Other than the game being special in its own way um, to the PC version. Like, the game is special and fun. But when you're looking through the iOS lens, there's nothing special about it. It's just the 1995 release. Nimbus Games was actually remastering the games, which is, uh, it, it, I actually did a video about this on my channel about um, five things Tomo did wrong with the Puppet Goes to the Moon uh, port. And it just makes me sick on what Tomo's doing to the Humongous Entertainment name. I, I really don't want to talk much about Tomo. Uh, because that's that's potentially for another podcast. But while working for Nimbus Games, I was a QA tester and I was floating around the quote unquote company and I got to work with the game software. So I got to and I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose some of these names, but I actually did some Google searches and it actually it actually turns out that um some of these names have popped up on the internet over the years and it's kind of interesting. So I, I'll say the names. Um, I got to work in splat, which was the artist's, um, toolkit to digitally ink and paint the, uh, hand-drawn traditional animations. And I was able to create these splat files and I got a chance to build costume files. And at the time while I was working with them, um, I I didn't have full access to all the files, but I was able to build costumes. And since I didn't get get a chance to have uh, have access to all the files, I didn't get a chance to like uh, test out some of the things that I did and actually build um, progression learning the scum language. But um, I was in like a mini version of the scum university to learn how to do art. But I was trying to poke around doing more. Um, that time never really came i i don't really know why but it's it's kind of it's kind of upsetting but it also um started um revved up my engine for where i am right now in my javascript project that i didn't actually get a chance to build my own versions of the games um because i i feel like it made me it gave me passion to work on my own engine um, and it jump-started me to work on something, um, that I built, um, whether than working on something that someone else already built and me just messing around with it. That being said, since I was able to build costume files, uh, beforehand of working with Nimbus Games, uh, I knew a few people in the Humongous Entertainment community, uh, which sadly, they don't really talk to me anymore, um... Which is kind of upsetting because they were—they're were all nice guys. Um, one of them, his name was George—George Hugh George Greg Gregory, uh, Mister Greg. Um, he can he found uh, a way to get into the Humongous Entertainment files and change out audio files through a hex editor. And since I was able to build costume files, I took what I learned from him, and I took costume files that I built uh, with the original source tools, and I went in and I replaced the costumes with a hex editor to test out some of the things that I've done. And I actually tested out some of the things that I made uh, in Splat uh, and another program called VDK, which backgrounds were created in, but um, were not compressed in uh, VDK. I uh, got to test some of those files through the hex editor too, but When it came to backgrounds, I wasn't able to test those because VDK didn't compress them into the background files, um, but they made uh, Wiz files, which were cutscenes, and I got to test some of those out in the hex editor before they made the official release uh, through Nimbus Games. Um, But that being said, (laughs) I was a game tester, so I eventually... I I did it to fine tweak everything, to make sure before I sent it off to the lead programmer the lead programmer Brad Taylor, um, I wanted to fine tweak everything, fine tune everything to make sure everything worked because um uh the scum university there's a lot of documents to read and I I read through all of them. I, I wanted to be a part of the scum engineering. I wanted to uh be knowledge fied in the scum language and potentially have a chance to work in it. And I, I would just fine tune everything before I gave it to Brad Taylor so that when I gave it to him, it wouldn't be, like, complete garbage. It would work, because, like, I I can't test build the games because I don't have the rest of the files. Uh, So I I would fine-tune it sometimes and send it off to him, even though um, he would send me a build back within anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, an hour and a half, I know that's a big uh, time leap right there between those uh, durations, but uh, he would send me back a build of what I just made, sometimes even quicker, depending on what both of us were doing. But I I just wanted to fine-tune everything. So um, I know I digressed a little bit, but working for Nimbus Games and working in those programs and um, the opportunity that I had and not being able to technically finish Scum University was the passion and the fire to continue working on games because there was a state of my life that I went through um, of depression and it was really hard to find any motivation in anything. And I would keep coming back to how I I thought that was a lost opportunity, a missed opportunity of not being able to completely learn scum. And just just when my life was starting to turn around and I started to see the good in things and I, I I started working in projects with friends, uh, creating a massive multi online universe with one of my friends and putting it online for a thousand users to play. And like everything started to just shape up in my life. I I started to look back at those moments working with scum and saying that was a beautiful moment. There was nothing bad about it. It was good it was fantastic, and it, it gave me more passion to continue working with uh, the Humongous Entertainment characters and keep the passion of programming going. And ever since, like, those good few things, like creating the MMO with a few of my friends online, which, by the way, it's a Flash MMO, which is kind of funny, Um, <laughs> and working on various other small projects and remembering the Humongous Entertainment adventure i guess you could say i got to have through nimbus games it was definitely more of inspiration a jump start than regretting uh not having the chance to be able to actually build my own scum game and maybe one day i can actually graduate from scum university here is your diploma sir ryan from windows tv you have graduated scum university Maybe one day. But, for right now, the motivation and the passion and the beauty of Humongous Entertainment still flows through me, and the motivation and the passion uh, through the MMO that I'm doing with my friends still flows through me, and it makes me want to become a better programmer, and that's, that's what I'm trying to express through this JavaScript engine, and I've already shown off some of it on YouTube, and I plan to show off more, and I plan to create my own adventure games. Um not necessarily humongous related but i've come up with an idea of uh papa going back to the moon uh papa saves the moon papa saves the moon and when you get there you'll have to help your friends something something crazy but i don't know if i'm actually going to do it um because that, that takes a lot of time effort and money um and then there's things with tomo that maybe might not be the best thing to talk about right now on a podcast. We'll just, sh- 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 sh. um, but yeah, the JavaScript engine is what I'm working on right now, and it's, it's really cool. It really is. And I, I, I couldn't thank anyone more than Humongous Entertainment and my friends, who I'm working with right now, and especially at the very start of this. My family for giving me opportunities like this. I let me scratch. Uh, well, actually, let me add on to Humongous Entertainment. Uh, and Nimbus Games for giving me the opportunity to work a little bit in the Scum Engine. One day, one day I'll graduate from Scum University. <laughs> so that's basically my story of programming and where I'm at right now with the JavaScript engine and learning JavaScript. What does this mean for my future? Right now, I'm just like any average Joe working on computer uh, science and technology, information and technology, network administration, and programming as a hobby. It's not my full-time job. No. I'm like any other human, just, you know, working, being out there, IRL, and this is my hobby. Programming and computer work it's a big thing. It really is. You could find a job in programming and computer work. I was able to find a job at Nimbus Games. Nimbus Games was my very first job. And that was computer-based. That was, uh, I was Q&A. I did some art for them. I did a little bit of work. I, I, I did see a little bit of the scum code. Um, because I, I asked Brad if I could implement uh, the credits. The new credits for Nimbus Games. Which that was a freaking amazing time. Um, I appreciate him letting me doing that. But um, there, there, there is business for working in computers and programming. It's a long, well, it's not. It's it's not the quickest of journeys, and I wouldn't say it's the longest of journeys. Um, if you're tech savvy. Or you just want a hobby to do. I would definitely suggest learning programming. Um, People would suggest Python. But I tried Python out once. And I've never went back to it. I don't really hear anyone talking about Python either anymore now these days. So (laughs) maybe you don't want to touch it. But um, a lot of new game developers are working in Unreal Engine and Unity. Um, So... Mm I, I worked a little bit in Unity since it's a little bit uh, since it shares a lot of C sharp. Um and you know, you know what? I, I was able to build a game. Me and my friend uh had a build-off in for in Unity, um and my game was closer to what we were building than his. So I would definitely check out those two. If Flash was still relevant, Flash was still able to be done um after twenty twenty, I would definitely check out Flash. If you want what I'm working on right now, JavaScript, check it out. There's a lot of jobs out there that uh, need dro- JavaScript programmers. Um, if you want to go into JavaScript, maybe look into it more as a uh, web page building. Because I, unless you want to be an indie title developer, I don't know if anyone's going to really hire you to be a JavaScript programmer on a game programmer unless you go into like Disney um which i think a lot of their games are using unity since uh their mobile apps um are built off unity i believe um so it javascript has game programming you're more of doing it by yourself but that being said programming there's a big market out for it or if you just want to do it as a hobby thing i would definitely suggest uh checking it out if you listen this far into the podcast, I think you might, I think you might like it, so definitely check it out because programming's here to stay. <laughs> There's always going to be some human doom programming. Um, thank you for listening to my story and you know, if you are starting out programming, let me know. I'd love to hear your story. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about what you do and how you got there. So I think that this is going to be the end of the very first episode of The Talkie File. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.